0: I went to, to ChatGPT and asked it, you know, can you uh, give me a concept, you know, that might be a good example of like AI as it relates to like creating a trailer? And it gave me like 10 different ideas, and one of them was Wes Anderson does Star Wars. I put together a project literally on my laptop using like Mid Journey and DID and just some of these other tools, put it online, I uh, went to bed, it had like 200 views. And I was like, okay, cool, like 200 views, friends, family like it, that's fine. I wake up, it has over 500,000 views and is going like wow. mega viral.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Unskippable by Fondue, a show about how visionary founders, brand leaders, and marketers are using digital storytelling to break through the noise. Today, we're talking to Caleb Ward, founder of Curious Refuge, who, after uploading an AI generated Wes Anderson parody video, woke up the next day to a cool 500,000 YouTube views and started a viral sensation that changed the way we view filmmaking. Caleb is working creative and marketing leadership roles at Premium Beat, School of Motion, and Rebel Way, and now runs Curious Refuge full time, an online home for anyone who wants to utilize the latest AI tools to create the future of storytelling. Without further ado, let's dive into our convo with Caleb. You're doing something big right now, right? You're building this community with Curious Refuge. You're sort of becoming this AI guru of sorts. So maybe you could share a little bit about your creative journey and just how you got to where you are now.
0: Yeah, I've always been interested in filmmaking and video production goes all the way back to high school. Like so many people, you know, just making fun videos with friends and then developing a love for the production process and creativity trying to turn that into a career, going to college. And um, really what I found through the process is in addition to loving creating videos, creating like amazing and fun creative content, I really fell in love with the actual side of learning about video production and motion design and VFX. And so it was really an important part of my career to give back to the community that had trained me by training them. And so I worked at a company called premiumbeat.com. I don't know if you guys are familiar nice. with them. Nice.
1: Yes, we, we uh, are. We're both uh, users of Premium Beat.
0: They have great music. And basically, to get video editors and producers onto their website, they're like, we want to have a blog that you know, does video tutorials and articles related to filmmaking. And so I got to lead that team for a while and we were pumping out, I think like 22 articles a week with videos and like freebies. It was like a huge operation. And this is pre- pre-ChatGPT. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's not an impressive thing anymore. But, you know, 10 right. years ago, that was like, that was a lot of work.
1: Well, like 12 <laughs> months ago. Yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, and so we we did that. And, and really, I learned that I really like the education side of things. And so um, had worked with other schools since then, like School of Motion, who they teach like After Effects and Cinema 4D, and then uh, Rebel Way, which is an online VFX school that teaches Houdini and Nuke and Unreal Engine and just all those crazy, super awesome, nerdy programs that are used at the highest level of the industry. And so it was really uh, very natural for me to gravitate towards the edu- educational side of mm-hmm. artificial intelligence as these tools started developing. And so basically <laughs> back in April, I had uh, created like just like some random business content that, you know, I was like interested in, but I was just like, you know, I'll, you know, have a creative outlet here. I, I had a full time job working for the online VFX school at that point. So, you know, still very much involved in the industry and, you know, the the process of, you know, uh, assisting creatives. And as these tools started coming out these ai tools i was just so curious i'd seen like the harry potter by balenciaga video i'm sure you guys have seen that right yeah like there was hilarious memes or like you know spongebob squarepants as like an 80s fantasy film like (laughs) you know like some very funny uh concepts online but none of them told any sort of story you know it Hmm. was really just like here are these visuals let's like laugh about the meme side of things. Interesting. And so I was really curious as a filmmaker and as someone who is just, you know, living more in the storytelling world, can AI actually tell a story, right? It's a really interesting concept that has huge ramifications, right? And so I uh, essentially put together an experiment and I intentionally tried to like remove myself from the equation, not because I want AI to remove artists, but I was just curious about where what is the ceiling St- from a storytelling perspective with AI tools. Right. And mm-hmm. so I went to, to chat GPT and asked it, you know, can you uh, give me a concept, you know, that might be a good example of like AI as it relates to like creating a trailer. And it gave me like 10 different ideas. And one of them was Wes Anderson does star Wars. So I was like, okay, that's a pretty cool like visual idea. And then Wes Anderson, obviously like kind of the static nature of his, Uh, storytelling lends itself a little more to just where the AI tools were at that point. And so I put together a project literally on my laptop using like Midjourney and DID and just some of these other tools that are just, you know, helpful AI tools that people use for just various problem solving uh, or problems that they run into in the filmmaking process and edited together a project literally it took me only like 20 hours to put together that first one and i was still like figuring out all these tools for the first time like while i was like learning that and it's funny i put it online uh, went to bed it had like 200 views and i was like okay cool like 200 views friends family like it that's fine i wake up it has over 500,000 views and is going like wow. mega viral <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, it was really funny and basically, um, the news started picking it up, which was really interesting. And Like, smaller blogs, you know, online, you know, movie blogs, things like that, which was fun. And then, I was playing Mario Kart. It was a Sunday with my friends and I, like, get a ping on my phone and I look down and it's like... You know, the Hollywood reporter has just wrote an article about it, you know, and so then it just obviously started getting picked up in in major places. And what happened is immediately people were like, what does this mean for the future of filmmaking? And also, how did you do this? (laughs) Uh, And so, we essentially like are trying to address both of those questions with Curious Refuge. And so, because of my background in education, I was like, you know, this isn't, (laughs) this process is not just me typing in like, create a trailer, please. Like, and you hit enter and then like a trailer. Like, it is a process that involve skills and techniques that i've learned through my entire career as a video creator and so it's not something that i could just make like a 10-minute tutorial like showing people how to do it so i was like naturally a boot camp experience that contextualizes ai especially as it relates to you know the different components of the filmmaking process because yes you can create fun content trailers that are you know that are just like silly and totally worth doing but just you know are are just fun experiments but there's some very practical and real applications in a filmmaking pipeline and video production pipeline as well and so Mm -hmm. the course basically outlines all of those very practical applications in addition to here's how you can you know make your own uh con concept trailer uh essentially so so yeah and and that's where we are with curious refuge we are really trying to just showcase how uh, the human taste and human curation side of using AI is so important and really trying to get rid of a lot of those myths and uh, disseminate a lot of the fears related to AI. I think there's yeah. a lot of fear because fear gets you clicks and that makes sense. You know, if I was running a news organization, like and was trying to get more traffic to my website, I think the having it be the more fearful side, like will mm-hmm. increase you know the engagement but at the same time i think like these tools really are very practically unlocking a lot for for video mm-hmm. creators and for filmmakers and so we really are trying to to be that positive voice and uh create a, an online community that you know can explore these tools together and geek out over yes the latest trends and tools but also fundamentally fall back on our our storytelling skills and, and figure right. out you know at what point of the pipeline can we integrate these tools? Or at what point is the tool just not quite there yet? And maybe it's assisting, but it's really just, you know, let's say pre-visualizing the actual thing that you're going to shoot, you know, whenever you get to set. So there's different applications and and we're just trying to explore those with Curious Refuge.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for, for walking us through the journey. You clearly struck a chord with just the moment of where this technology was up to. You know, it's interesting, your, your experience at premium, premium B and as an educator in figuring out how to sort of dissect and um, articulate systems and see how all these tools sort of correspond and integrate together and then actually put that into practice with an example. It was so, It's sort of like all of your steps previously in filmmaking and in education led to, to that moment can't imagine like waking up the next day and seeing going from like 200 to like five hundred thousand views that's that's um that would definitely um be a huge a huge wake up that you're onto something
0: yeah it, it was a very funny experience really because you know immediately whenever you go viral the phone starts ringing right you get a million inquiries and and everyone's you know wanting to reach out to you to partner up to to do all sorts of things the funny thing with this one though is it wasn't just like going viral with like, you know, I I was talking with a a business coach of mine and she was saying how she had a client that like, they were the people that like found out that when you drop Mentos into Diet Coke, it like (laughs) does a whole thing, right? So like (laughs) they go viral and it's like, okay, this is interesting. Like, let's like talk about the science. Have you come on like this show or whatever to showcase the thing? that's like one level, but like for us, it was like, you're going viral. And also like this could change an entire like $30 billion industry overnight. What does that mean? And so it was very interesting to be like, Hey, like, none of us really know. Like, I'm willing to chat with you about that. But like, you know, this is a a huge leap forward in terms of creativity. And like, again, like this was a a laptop experiment in the beginning that transitioned into something bigger. And of course, we have like a, a background in contextualizing tools. And so, we were able to contextualize that. But I think like, it's been very interesting to see uh just the magnitude of the conversation i i, I don't think i was right. prepared for just how big the the, the the larger uh contextualization conversation was going to be in all of this yeah, yeah. the industry and shift
2: it, it, i found it i found it really interesting caleb that you know you set out with the intention of outsourcing as much as possible to ai like you said like just what is the ceiling that ai can accomplish and you know, like even from the concept and script writing phase, you were using ChatGPT, and in your course, you're kind of outlining that same process where outsourcing as much creative as possible to the AI, and then kind of using you know the human, uh, natural human skills, and you know to to fill in the blanks where, where AI you know kind of doesn't fill it in. So um,
0: yeah, do you mind? I just want to correct one quick thing. So in the course specifically, sure. we it's not as much about outsourcing as much as possible, but rather exploring the tools so that you essentially have a menu of options to pick from. And, and so, I feel like that's a very important point that like we want sure. to, to get out there. Like it's it's less about, uh, oh, here's like where you don't have to hire a voice actor now hmm. and more sure. about like here are some like helpful uh, use cases for these tools and applications. Uh, just because I, I think that there can be a lot of misconceptions about the process whenever it's like oh like we don't want to involve any people in the process like we want just like the, the these robots to do it you know so I just wanted to clarify that
2: yeah no absolutely and I think that that's a very good clarification um, I think the the misconception is that um, AI you know obviously like you mentioned there's so much fear out there especially among creators who you know like even myself like it's hard to look this technology in the eye and say how is this going to change the way that i do what i love which is you know create create art and create experiences for people so um i'm sure you know how, how do you what advice would you have for creators who are fearful about the future of their own art and creativity with ai
0: yeah you know i think ai the cat's out of the back AI is not going anywhere for the rest of our lives. We are going to have a world that has AI generated imagery and AI generated video and and voices. Like the the worst version of AI is what we're using today. (laughs) It's only going to get better from here. So I would say start exploring these tools. And especially, I think when you start exploring these tools, what you realize is yes, they are better at certain things. Like if I want to like take a picture, like an editorial picture, that's like a, fashion magazine, like with a a model, if I go outside my house and like have a model come in and take pictures like with my camera, like AI is going to do a better job than what I could do. Like that's just a fact. But AI is really not great at curation and storytelling at this point. And so for humans, I really think pressing into those skills that AI can't replicate is very important, specifically that taste. And so I think as you move forward, I would really encourage everyone listening to this podcast and any creative to think of themselves more as an art director and not just a technical implementator of, is that a word? Implementator? Sure. (laughs) It is now. Implementer (laughs) of a specific role in the production pipeline. Because, right. you know, if if you are, you know, a, let's say a sound editor, yes, there's probably going to be an, an AI tool that comes along that can clean up sounds, not necessarily better than you as a human, but maybe pretty good to where like if a producer is you know at a fork in the road and they're like well we could hire this person and get something that's a hundred percent awesome you know for uh, two weeks time and it takes you know they have to edit and do all that or we can use this automatic plugin that costs twenty dollars and it's going to take five minutes it really like there's no no decision that is made there, uh, you know, it's, it's obvious, like what's going to end up happening. And so I think it's just really important to stay up to date. And I think lifelong learning is going to be important more than ever, (laughs) you know, like our, our parents' generation, like they could go to school and they could have a career for, you know, 40 years and then retire, like in basically the same job role that is not going to be true for us anymore. You know, we are not only going to change you know, how we do our job, but literally the career we're in at least every decade moving forward. And so as a creative, like, it's going to be important to have the support structure and the mental fortitude to weather those storms and to be a part of a community or just an ongoing educational experience that that contextualizes what this means. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I would say like elevate, like like don't don't view yourself just as like a video producer, view yourself as, um, you know, an art director, a creative visionary, a tastemaker, and, you know, essentially promote yourself in the creative process. And I think like, uh, it's going to unlock more opportunity and your artwork is going to be better
1: for it. Definitely. I love that. It's, it's so interesting. We're, we're becoming like more and more cerebral as humans as technology advances. It's like we don't, we're not working the field like we used to hundreds of years ago. And like, you know, we've been on computers for the last, at least in the knowledge economy for the last you know, 20 or 30 years, but now it's really it's it's becoming so dependent on your just ability to articulate and communicate what you want to be done. I mean, yeah, I look at some of your course content on Curious Refuge and the prompt engineering that just sort of comes naturally as a as an educator and as a communicator. Like, that's really where the value is. Like, how well can you sort of organize your thoughts and you know organize what you how to direct the AI and and juice that story out of you know the whole uh, corpus of <laughs> data in the in the world, and and just like build that relationship with, with the tools at your dispenser at, at your disposal. Um, but compared to just being like a cinematographer, it's like yeah, your skill set now has to be way more heady than than like hands on the camera. Um, it's just an interesting transition.
0: Yeah, it is, and I think to anyone listening to this podcast. Try using these AI tools. I think like when you start using the AI tools, you realize how much skill is involved in directing them. Because if if you have no general idea of what you want, you know, if I'm just like uh, a sci-fi scene go, it's going to produce cool right. results. But I, ne- I didn't have any direction in my head. I was just generally trying to get something. But when you start right. getting into the process of like, I want this specific thing with this specific art direction, you really begin to empathize with set designers and directors working on Hollywood projects because you begin to feel all of those micro decisions and and those uh, technical limitations begin to rise to the surface. And so, Mm. you know, directing is absolutely an important part of the process and it's very challenging sometimes to to get that from the tools and you like prompt engineering and you know prompt mastering is absolutely Mm -hmm. a new discipline that is going to exist probably for the rest of our lives uh and you know we we all will end up being prompt masters to some extent directing these tools in the right direction i heard someone recently they said that working with ai is like working with a really hungover assistant (laughs) <laughs> I love that analogy <laughs> because if you've you ever to tell used them these,
2: exactly exactly what you want done.
0: Exactly. Right. And if you deviate at all, it's going to give you something completely different than what you asked for. And I've, I yeah. found that to be true, whether it's chat GPT or mid-journey, like if you are not explicitly specific about exactly what you want it is just going to give you something ridiculous and you know hilarious so it's, uh, it's, it's
1: obedient but hungover yeah um <laughs> exactly. it, for people who aren't necessarily like you know hands in the weeds on some of these tools can you just give us a, a very broad overview of some of the tools that people have at their disposal to start playing with
0: Yeah, so I can just kind of walk you through, like, let's say a process. Like if someone listening to this podcast wanted to just begin to play and maybe edit together their own little AI video, here's like a a workflow that they could use. So uh, you could start with uh, ChatGPT. So ChatGPT, we're all very familiar with it. Uh, Make sure you're using the latest version at the time of recording, that's version four. And I've tested all the language processing models out there and. ChatGPT still is the most creative that I've found and yeah. uh, you know you can get scripts you can get ideas really uh, what I find is it, it helps with any writer's block that you run into so some people are really good at coming up with concepts but then like when it comes to like getting the actual script, together they they struggle uh, other people mm. have a, a hard time getting the concept together but like they're really awesome at like putting together a script that that rules everyone has their own unique strengths and weaknesses and, right. and chat gpt really can step in at uh any step of the process and just kind of help you to to get over those those hurdles uh and and so you know you can use chat gpt to to help with language processing uh, Midjourney is the tool that I use right now to create uh, static artwork so it only does images at this point But it does a really good job. Uh, it's really photorealistic and when you compare it to The other tools that are out there. It's just giving us the best results at this point point. and so essentially what you can do is create like a, a storyboard that you know visually communicates what you want to see inside of your video and for audio You can use tools like 11 labs, which basically you type in text and you can select a voice and it will create like a a very realistic voice. They ran a test recently and they found that uh, only 72% of people, correct me if I'm wrong here, maybe you guys read it. It's something like people can't identify an 11 labs voice 72% of the time. Like they think it's a real voice. And so, and the technology is just getting better and better. And so, you can use Eleven Labs to create a realistic voice. They have all sorts of different avatars in there, you know, from like the old wise British man to like little kids and everything in between, right? So, you can create basically like the audio version of your uh, voiceover there's ai music tools out there i haven't found an ai music tool that i'm absolutely in love with yet so i tend to use Hmm. just like stock libraries still at this point like uh artlist or premium beat right and after that you can move on to animating the actual uh faces so there's like different tools that you can use Um, one of the most popular tools is did and did basically you can upload an image you can, like, upload your audio or just type in text and it, they'll actually, like, move their head and, like, chat. It's the the tool that was behind the Harry Potter Balenciaga videos. And right. uh, it's yeah. the ones that we used for Barbenheimer. And cool. it was a super, uh, super easy tool to use. You know, there's mixed results because, like, these technologies are new. But it's very interesting. And, uh, you know, in terms of adding movement to the videos, Runway Gen 2 uh, basically allows you to take an image and when you upload it, it will actually animate that image based on its like gigantic library of source video. So it's very interesting uh, because we put together a project recently called Zebulon 5. It was basically like an AI Planet Earth documentary. And so it just takes place on like an alien world right And previously if I wanted to do that like I would have to like you know model myself or go find models or hire you know 3d uh, 3d uh, animator to to like take this uh, alien and like to animate it and like to create a landscape and do all of this stuff if I wanted to previs like what this project could look like. but with runway I literally just upload this image, this photorealistic image of like this alien animal and it animates it and it does the yeah. camera move and it even has its face, like it's like mouth move and, and it does all sorts of really interesting things. So right. uh, using that process, there's also some other super nerdy tools that I'm not gonna talk about for like increasing the the, the clarity and resolution and stuff right. like that. But, but really if you go through this process with these tools, you can just throw them together. You could edit it on your phone if you wanted to. Right. I, I edit in Premiere Pro, but like you don't have to. And there you go, you have a video that can kind of begin to conceptualize kind of what you would want to see.
1: Right, this leads to a really interesting sort of transition that maybe we're, is in front of us where, right now we think about UGC, you know, user generated content. And I think since the advent of the iPhone and especially higher quality you know, camera functionality on, on smartphones, there was this prol- proliferation on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook user-generated content where now you've got these like social celebrities and influencers that are doing like little skits, you know, of themselves at home. And, and there's a lot of brand promotion in that space too. How do you think consumption of content as these tools get in the hands of creators and creative minds and they start to integrate them, what, how will UGC evolve in the future? Um, and will there be a difference between quote unquote UGC versus branded content or commercial content. Do these things all sort of like merge once everyone has access to these really high level tools where you can build like a gorgeous frame in mid-journey and animate that in runway. And it's like, wow, anyone can sort of be a creator. And and the quality is high, right? Not like, you know, if you see a commercial on TV, that's gonna be shot on a red camera and it's gonna be lit beautifully. And that's different than watching something on TikTok. So when do these right. things sort of converge and how will content evolve as, as this keeps going?
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. I've, I've been thinking about how, you know, we all have like phones in our pocket that are really good cameras and they shoot really amazing video. Like I, like the, My iPhone quality compared to like the DV tapes I was using back in college, it's just it's night and day, right? Right. Um, And and like the cameras that they were using like to shoot movies like, you know, years ago like we now have maybe not quite as good of quality but pretty close like just right here in our pocket and yet movies still exist, right? The spectacle of going to the movies still exists. And I think there was not, I think there, there was serious concern when iPhones started proliferating and people started shooting in their pocket that like, oh, people won't care to go to the movies and like experience the, the spectacle of, you know, the theater anymore. And yet what ended up happening is there was just a whole new industry of social media content and TikTok and, you know, all of the, the video platforms, YouTube obviously is the biggest, that, that really ultimately, um, Grew as a result of these technologies and it's really interesting like that growth and that demand was huge, right? Like uh, YouTube makes as much money as the entire film industry (laughs) Like like that is a huge change uh, Hmm. in the way in which audiences interact with um, Just consumption and when you look at the younger generations uh, habits they are much more likely to be on YouTube than anywhere else. Like they literally, mm-hmm. it was some alarming statistic, like almost scary. It was like thirty percent of Gen Z is like constantly on YouTube. Like they would say that like they live their life mm. on YouTube, which is just mm. crazy. Um, but going forward, as we like think about how things will progress with you know AI generated content, I think that there will be a new. Demand. I don't know if that's like a new platform or if it's just simply like AI content existing on current platforms like YouTube and TikTok. Uh, hmm. It's it's very interesting. I know that like at least in the film industry, AI is already in pipelines. Like there are movies that are using AI to hmm. solve problems. A lot of those problems are behind the scenes, and so like you won't realize that like you know the next uh, we'll just say Avatar movie you know, used AI pipelines to write their Python code whenever they're working in Houdini. And it saved hmm. them like, <clears throat> I'm sorry. And it saved them like 50% processing power because AI was able to like unlock this like new technological interesting. workflow, right? Um, yeah. So it, it's very interesting. I, I think there's always people that are like doom and gloom about the film industry. But at this point, yeah. AI can't produce long form content that is really watchable. And so I really view it specifically in the film industry as just kind of a creative collaborator that can help specifically with like pre-visualization, storyboarding, you know, helping to find story beats whenever you're in the script process, cleaning up audio, like, like it's really just helping the artists that are already there um, as opposed to literally typing in a prompt. I want to watch a Batman movie where I'm like, that that does does not exist. It probably will exist, but it, it does not exist now. And I don't see that happening in the next like, four to five years
1: yeah i mean hu- human well, i think what makes a good story is human ingenuity you have to say something that is totally unexpected right the, the novelty is really what creates interest and intrigue and so if the ai is relying on all these data points from everything that's existed before it it's like how can you really push ingenuity It all it seems that will always sort of be a uniquely human trait and then that's really the value that we'll have to double down on and bring to the table when it when it comes to interacting with these tools. It's interesting, you know, thinking about some of the legal considerations around this space, um, maybe some, especially in the corporate world, there might be some hesitations to adapt these technologies, whether it's releasing your data to, you know, a ChatGPT or to a MidJourney and like keeping company information private and sensitive, but also concerns about, um, I don't know, copyright infringement or infringing on existing works if there are lawsuits in the future about you know oh where did midjourney do all of its training or where did some of these tools get their reference material from what what are some of the big concerns that that you've observed I- I legally and ethically for for brands and companies looking to implement these tools
0: yeah that is a concern so we've had many conversations with companies over the last few months and obviously you know like what do we actually own this like we read this article that said like we don't own ai generated content but when you're editing it together just like if you created a documentary that used public domain imagery you you still own that documentary and so would we actually own this content now those are really unanswered questions at this point you know like they're I'm sure there will be legal precedents that that pop up. not I'm like one hundred percent sure that that's going to happen, right? Uh, but yeah. all of these things are are really unanswered questions. And so, you know, I would say brands, whenever you are approaching these tools, there are certain tools that are um, more cleared legally, if that makes sense. So, for example, mm-hmm. Adobe's Firefly is entirely trained on Adobe's library of stock imagery. Mm-hmm that it owns and so they can say 100% you can use these images because we have the rights to to basically train our algorithms on them whereas midjourney i think is just trained on basically any image it could possibly get its hands on right and so whether or not people are allowed to use those images to you know monetize their projects is yet to be seen you know because the truth is like a lot of these images that are produced from midjourney it's like a combination of like 10,000 different image references, you know, if we had to put a number, it's probably more like billions, but if we had to just put a number on it, it's so many different images that like, it's hard to know who actually owned this. And I don't even know if the mid journey algorithm could really tell you. And so it's, it's very interesting. And so I think like, do whatever is comfortable with your legal team (laughs) at this point, you know, like consult with them, don't consult, don't just like, look at what other people are doing. Like, you know certain companies have much more to lose uh, than others and um i would say like creatively though like start testing stuff out and and experiment and you know see just like kind of what these tools can do at the very least if they help you just in the pre-visualization process which is conceptualizing an idea like i think that's a great use of of the tech if you're a little hesitant to actually publish something with it
1: yeah that's that's a great point um you know, for, we serve a lot of clients on the performance side. So testing creative assets on whether it's Meta or CTV or other platforms, and a big part of that process is when it comes to performance creative is seeing like testing a bunch of bunch of different assets and seeing what gets the most engagement, whether that's click through or you know view through rates, all these sort of metrics to determine efficacy. Um, how do you think AI generated content will? improve creative testing from a marketing standpoint.
0: Yeah, I mean literally <laughs> we now have an infinite supply of potential creative that we can pick from, right? And so like for example, like if folks watching this aren't super familiar with like the technical side of Midjourney, if I have an idea, like let's say I'm a skincare line and I have like this idea for some sort of like image-based advertisement or something like that that I want to like put out on on Meta. In MidJourney, if I think of an idea, I, there's a little code I can do dash dash r, and I put a space, and then I put a number up to 40, and it will create 40 variants of that specific prompt that I put in. And in those variants, there's four images, so that's 160 different creative directions in about five minutes. So yeah. it's very interesting because then obviously you can pick and choose and test the different variants and you can use ChatGPT to give you ideas for different marketing and creative variants. It's, it's very interesting. So in the world of testing, like it's going to be very interesting. Uh, and, and I think like as marketers, there's never been a time that has more, um, more creative, Uh, testing opportunity than than that.
1: Yeah, I I wanna ask you a question that's maybe just like kind of in in the weeds technically, but like, let's say you have a specific product you wanna push, let's say you're a shoe company and you have like a new sneakers that you're launching. And let's say you have a brand guide, right? You have um, certain RGB codes and you have typography that's unique to your brand. How much of that, of those like brand specific assets, let's say, you know, a 360 view of the sneakers and all the brand guidelines, can you sort of feed into a mid-journey, for example, Mm -hmm. and it can create something out of that? Like, do you have to just describe that textually, or is there any way to sort of integrate with existing brand guides, or is that something where you're just generating the base sort of imagery, and then you're layering that on in Photoshop or whatever after the fact?
0: Yeah, at this point, Mid-Journey is not able to, you can't upload an asset. Like this is the shoe that I'm trying to like market, you know, please do the shoe over and over again. So generally what you would do is I would say like, describe to your point exactly to as much detail as you can, what that product is. And then you'll get all these images that have variants that are hopefully pretty close to the product that you're trying to sell. And then you take that into Photoshop, generative fill it out shop in whatever product you have, or you could you know, it, take a 3D object from a you know, 3D application, we'll just say like Blender or whatever, and then comp that in as well. So there's different options that you have. Um, it just really comes down to like the specific product that you're, you're trying to sell and you know, what, that, what that looks like for you as a brand.
1: Sure, I, Isaac and I have been kind of discussing who, who's the next addition to the Fondue team, and it's maybe we need like an AI filmmaker artist who just like specializes in this stuff.
0: Yeah, I I think it'd be wise at the very least finding someone who is AI informed with a creative Mm -hmm. discipline in the past, right? So it's very challenging for folks who have no taste and they're just like approaching this with like, you know, from zero to create something that is, let's say, Uh, Mm hyper-professional. I think like ultimately what these tools do is they elevate your creativity. They kind of – they it's like fuel to your creative fire and so if you're pretty new to this industry you're going to be able to do stuff that like would have felt impossible like a few months ago which is super awesome Uh, but if you are already you know have experience with video producing or with some sort of artistic background and you start using these tools like you can create something that is like you know borderline cinematic now and so it's very it's very cool to see um, just how it it elevates everyone's creative uh, potential
1: Caleb, I'm just thinking out loud here, but I, I have an idea for you, which I'll share for free. I'm not sure like where you're at in your biz dev um, kind of development with, with uh, Curious Refuge, but you could do these sort of mini trainings or workshops with brand agencies, creative agencies, um, in-house marketing teams on like a corporate level and just like provide all the knowledge, give them sort of a boot camp in starting to integrate these tools. And that, w- that might be a great way for you to scale C- Curious Refuge.
0: I love that, yeah, thank you so much. Hey, let's figure out, I would love your help with that. <laughs> we have we have so many um, uh, inquiries and opportunities that have been popping up that it's been a, a little challenging to, to field everything, yeah. but like we, we definitely love training brands, you know, we've trained artists at the biggest ad agencies in the world up to this point and yeah um, are directly training teams like adobe uh on wow. the ai and so like it's it's really cool to to be a part of this process and to uh help folks contextualize even folks who are creating these tools help them contextualize what this means creatively um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's very interesting and and i think like these tools like too much to the what i was saying earlier are not going anywhere so the more time you spend in fear about artificial intelligence, y- your competition or, you know, your your own creativity is being hindered. Um, and, right. and so like you absolutely should step up to the plate and and start using them. And and I think your fears will be hopefully subsided because you'll see the limitations, you'll see where it's important for a human to step in versus how far an AI can get you. And, you know, and ultimately it's it's also just really fun. <laughs>
1: Sure. That that's definitely yeah. the mentality we're trying to embrace. Is just like let's embrace the tech. It's here. It's it's the future. Like let's let's get our hands dirty. Um, and that's how we discovered you. I mean, I, I it was through your Wes Anderson um, Star Wars YouTube link that I actually discovered Curious Refuge, and and here we are. Um, two final questions to sort of end off. One is, tell me about your vision for Curious Refuge. You know, as people start catching on to this wave. And as you grow your community, where do you see this going?
0: Yeah, we want Curious Refuge to be a lifelong learning platform for people moving forward. Because exactly what I was saying earlier, lifelong learning is more important than ever. And at the same time, having the mental fortitude to deal with that ever-shifting landscape that AI will introduce into our creative world is going to require a lot of support. And so we want Curious Refuge to be the home that you go to to not only contextualize what these AI and tool innovations mean for your creative craft but also we want you to find the very human support network that can help you get through these creative obstacles and you know yes we will answer technical questions and you know be there on like kind of a nerdy level but we want to be there on a friendship level as well and and really just kind of partner with folks as they um, you know, explore these tools, and so that's that's kind of the education side of things. And then, you know, at the same time, we're artistically trying to explore these tools and what it means for the future of storytelling. I really do think that AI is going to continue to innovate, and it's going to continue to produce uh, projects that were just you know otherwise impossible a few years ago. And so, we want to be at the forefront of exploring what that looks like. Chatting with folks who are just really talented, and you know, just opening the the conversation as we uh, go down this new creative journey.
1: I love it. I love the lifelong journey, uh, lifelong learning journey, just being kind of front and center and supporting that for for folks in the creative community. Um, we're we're definitely big fans of of what you're building. The last question for you is, and maybe Isaac has something else, but on my end, do you have a favorite AI-generated uh, commercial or film? from the past year
2: besides your own of course
1: besides, besides Wes Anderson yeah, yeah that's,
2: that's not
0: fair I man there have been so many okay I tell you what there is a guy his name is Nicholas Smolden I believe we'll have to fact check that he posted a project about a week and a half ago on Twitter that was It was really just a, a trailer um, that was conceptualizing kind of a dark dystopian fantasy film. I think it was called mm. Destiny or something like that. Um, I'll have to send it over to you. Whenever I watched that, I was absolutely blown away with mm. what the implications were because it felt borderline Hollywood cinematic. And, you know, this is just some guy like on his computer putting this together. And so right. I think that really made me very excited, at least visually, um, about the the future of storytelling. And at Curious Refuge, we actually have an AI film gallery that we update every single day with some of the better projects that come through the pipeline. And so if anyone else would love to like check out, like what is AI actually capable of doing at this point? uh, You can just, you know, stay up to date by just visiting that. And and we uh, have a weekly newsletter that we send out that has like our favorite projects of the week. And so uh, both of those resources hopefully would be
2: helpful, you know, and other people staying up to date as well.
1: Awesome, man. Awesome. I, Isaac, do you have anything else you want to bounce off Caleb while we're here?
2: Yeah, I, I've got a couple questions. Um, one is um, kind of along the lines of the last question, but um, your course, you know, obviously you're, you're imparting these skills and these, these tools to people who, you know, otherwise might not have known where to start with AI filmmaking and then you've kind of got this very vibrant um, Discord community of people kind of uploading their own kind of experiments and weekly assignments. How does it feel kind of seeing um, your educational material kind of coming to life and and taking a life of its own um, through the community?
0: It's one of the best feelings ever. I love that we've been able to inspire and empower people to upload these assignments. And the assignments, for those of you who aren't involved in Curious Refuge at this point, they start with storyboarding. You know, we start very simple, you know, trying to get you uh, acquainted with these tools. And over the course of four weeks, we introduce you know, movement and uh, VFX and compositing techniques to where by the end you essentially can create a concept film. Uh, and the, the work that has been coming in has been really awesome. It's been cool because we have the entire gamut of creatives inside of, of our program, we have people like literal Academy Award winners going through our program all the way to there's a an eight-year-old girl from Texas who is like she wrote this story and it's like in the style of Pixar and she like submitted an assignment and I'm just like that's so cool. Like it's just really amazing that like these people that normally would have never ever been able to get a project out there are getting projects they're telling visual stories and as a storyteller that for me that is an amazing win like i want more people to tell stories because it makes us all better at storytelling and i think like it's it's just one of the the chief uh just opportunities and and pleasures of my life to be involved in such a vibrant community it's very cool
2: awesome yeah i can imagine it's it's really just amazing kind of seeing your work your work come to life through other people Um, and my last question um, just going through your course you know one of the early one of the early sections in your course is book recommendations and I think the the first book you mentioned is the artist's way which is a very influential very famous book and and more of kind of like a self-help program for creativity which I've actually since picked up, I'd heard of it a few times, and you, you convinced me to, to grab a copy. Nice. Um, and I, I'm working through, through the steps, as they say. Um, so what, what were your um, main takeaways from that book? Um, and how, how did it impact you most?
0: Isaac, I love that you are going through The artist Way because truly, and, and I am the most skeptical person ever, Like anything Mm -hmm. that feels Mm -hmm. like, you know, ethereal or silly, you know, like dream it, you can do it stuff. I tend to be like, no, (laughs) like that is so silly. But honestly, that book is going to change your life. And I'm very excited like that you're, you like chose to go through that journey. I have no skin in the game with that book at all. (laughs) I've never met Julia Cameron or anything like that. But specifically what I learned through that process is that I was living a life as a shadow artist. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is a lot of us, when we got started in our creative endeavors, like let's say it was, you know, I want to be a director of films, right? And we realize that the artist process is very challenging in becoming a director. It, it takes a million decisions and conversations and like there's highs and lows and it's an experience. And it can be easy to settle in to a role that is, close to that goal but not that goal right so it can be easy to do things that are not the creative endeavor that you set out to do and it, it doesn't mean that like if you aren't directing something out here in hollywood you aren't successful in fact talk to most hollywood directors who are completely burnt out and not enjoying the creative process whatsoever so i don't know if i'd wish that on anyone um mm-hmm. but generally what i found is i was not living in my full purpose, which is educating people and uh, you know, educating them about the creative process of putting art together, which for whatever reason, is just like, it really just ticks all the boxes for me and I, I really love it. And so after reading that book, I quit my full-time job and founded a company called Curious Refuge. <laughs> and that leads us <laughs> to this conversation that we're having today. And so really, I think that that book and that process, it's like a 12 week journey and, you know, through it, you'll realize it's almost like therapy. Like you'll realize a lot of the almost traumatic creative experiences that you've had that have maybe limited your own creative expression uh, through that process. And so I I think that I would not have the opportunity to have Curious Refuge, to have this vibrant community where we're giving back to other people without going through that program. So it's, it's really cool. And I'm curious, Isaac, like what have you learned so far? Have you enjoyed the book?
2: I'm early. I'm, I'm I'm just starting week two, so you know I've, I've been doing all my morning pages, um, getting up a little earlier, um, and I I don't I'm not sure if I've pulled anything yet, but maybe I'm being a little bit more aware of my surroundings and paying more attention to to kind of the the fun the fun things in life that give you inspiration. So, um, yeah, good for you. I'm really really you know it's encouraging to hear that you had a, a positive experience with it, I think a lot of people have. So we'll see, we'll see where yeah. it goes. Well,
0: it's funny, cause I, I feel like I was the same way, like early on, especially the first week I was like, ah, I have to write in a journal, like three pages every single day. Like, what is this gonna do? But once you start getting into a lot of those artist states, uh, synchronicities mm-hmm. and kind of get further down the line identifying creative monsters, there's so many interesting things that, that will pop up and hopefully uh, yeah you get something out of it that would be that would be really awesome.
2: yeah yeah, I hope so. are you still doing your morning pages <laughs>
0: I've, I've fallen off of doing the morning pages cause you know, to people listening, it's literally handwriting three full pages every single morning. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it takes time to do that. It's yeah. very helpful though. Like when you're going through the process and now I, I do morning pages when I feel like I need them, you know, a couple of times a week, which um, is helpful. And I, I've switched over to using digital tools so I can just keep track of uh, yeah. morning pages. And it's actually very funny because I use notion to do my journaling but there's also the AI integration and summary tools in
1: Notion. (laughs)
0: And so I have this like board set up and it like will use AI to tell me commonalities basically in my journal entries, which is actually super helpful to see like, what are you like constantly like dealing with? Like, let's like Hmm. really address those things, you know? It's uh, it's cool.
1: Caleb, thank you so much for joining us. It's really been a pleasure to get your perspective and, and hear about your journey. Unskippable is produced by Fondue. I'm your host, Itai Joseph, joined by Fondue Creative Director, Isaac Italiander. For sound bites, insights, and new episodes, follow Fondue, F-O-N-D-U, on LinkedIn, Instagram, and X, I guess it's called X now, and check out some of our latest projects at fondue.co.